It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is the Leader Weekends. Saturday is How to Be a CEO Day. These are some of the highlights from the full episode. So if you want to hear more, you can hit the link in the show notes or search for How to Be a CEO in your podcast provider. There's a brand new episode every Monday morning. While other social media platforms may have attracted all the headlines and controversy, one has pretty quietly risen to be one of the most serious players out there. I joined LinkedIn 11 and a half years ago, and we had 90 million members and 800 employees. And fast forward to today, and we are 850 million members and just over 19,000 employees around the world. That's Josh Graff, LinkedIn's London-based MD for Europe, the Middle East and Africa and Latin America. Let's put that member number in context. Twitter, for all the people that shout about it and fight over it, has around 350 million members. LinkedIn is by far the bigger site. Millions are using it to promote their business, promote themselves, make connections, find jobs, get advice, look at it, and you can see how LinkedIn is a portal to how industries and the people within them are working, thinking, and living. So what do you do with all that influence? I like to think of LinkedIn as a platform of possibility. And what I mean by that is we are acutely aware that talent is evenly distributed, but opportunity is not. And LinkedIn, can therefore act as a great equaliser. I'm David Marsden from The Evening Standard, and this is a fascinating chat, full of insights from how popular remote working is among businesses and their staff, yes, there is a difference, to where pushes for diversity are working and not. Also, should companies post the salaries for job vacancies? But when we meet Josh, the first thing I want to know, because it's the first thing you want to know, is how do you create the perfect LinkedIn profile? For the perfect LinkedIn profile, there are some brilliant basics that one needs to get right. So first and foremost, have a profile picture. You get 21 times more views with a profile picture than without. Uh, Secondly, turn on creator mode. Creator mode helps you build your audience, access our newest features, gives you content analytics so that you can see those in real time on your profile. Make sure that you're connecting with relevant audiences, you're following industry leaders, participating in groups, following hashtags. Subscribe to the LinkedIn News Daily Rundown that goes out to 200 million members around the world and hopefully should give you some rich insights as to what's happening in your network, within your industry, within your sector. 
And importantly, block out some regular time to both read what's going on within your network, but also to contribute to it. And LinkedIn is very much a community where your role is to hopefully ask thoughtful questions, to contribute your perspective on a specific topic, but also to listen to what's going on around you. Ultimately, people come to LinkedIn to navigate their careers and their professional lives, and people are there to support one another and to help one another in good times and bad. How long have you yourself been working for LinkedIn? Before before you became MD, you were, you, you, you were there uh, before that. So how long have you been there? I joined LinkedIn 11 and a half years ago, and we had 90 million members and 800 employees. And fast forward to today, and we are 850 million members and just over 19,000 employees around the world. So that's a lot of growth. For LinkedIn, isn't it? But how much change has there been? When you started on day one, walking into LinkedIn for the first time, to day one as, as MD to today, what's changed? What have been the big progresses that have been made? It's interesting. There's been a lot of change. And fortunately, there's been a load of consistency as well on the stuff that hasn't changed. And this is one of the beauties of LinkedIn. One of the reasons I love working here is that true north remains constant. The notion of having absolute clarity of mission and vision. What do you aspire to do? And that's to help make the workforce more productive, more successful, to create economic opportunity for people around the world. And the culture and values have remained relatively constant. They've been refreshed. But I love the fact that team and talent continues to be our number one priority from a business perspective. What has changed is the platform. We went from a fantastic digital Rolodex back in 2011 to the largest distributor of professional content on the web, a place where people come to navigate their careers, their professional lives, 850 million members. We help six people a minute find a job around the world. And... I like to think of LinkedIn as a platform of possibility. And what I mean by that is we are acutely aware that talent is evenly distributed, but opportunity is not. And LinkedIn can therefore act as a great equalizer. So no matter your background, socioeconomic background, ethnicity, race, gender, sexuality, you should be able to access opportunity through the platform and through your network. That's interesting because obviously if you go to your profile on LinkedIn, pretty much the first thing you see are the colors of the rainbow pride flag (laughs) when you go on there. How is, as a member of the LGBT community, how is LinkedIn working with people to increase diversity within business, I guess, is probably the big question. Sure. Um, There are a broad variety of ways. Firstly, we have trained our algorithms over the years to eliminate bias. And what I mean by that is in a tech industry where traditionally a lot of engineers are men versus women, uh, it is therefore possible for algorithms to have implicit unconscious bias built into them. And we've trained our algorithms to eliminate bias so that we are, when we surface jobs, because a key part of what we do is helping match the right person with the right role. And what we've therefore done is train the algorithm so that we're surfacing equal numbers of men and women based on how many people are represented in that industry. At the same time, we have 
incredible gender analytics around the world that we are working with the likes of the World Economic Forum on to ensure that we are spotlighting the lack of equity. So that's when it comes to gender. We then have a whole series of programming to encourage discussions on the platform about the inequality that exists in society and certainly in the workforce around race and ethnicity. And then when it comes to LGBT+, as you referenced before, we actually have a brilliant program running this year called Out365, which is in recognition of the fact that companies traditionally do a host of activities around pride during the month of Pride. There's often rainbow flags hanging from the windows of organisations around the world. And we wanted to call out that actually support of the LGBT plus community is not a month-long exercise. It should take place 365 days a year, every year. And you need to commit to having employee resource groups around the LGBT plus community to ensuring that your suppliers are friendly towards the LGBT plus community. There is a host of activities that we do internally and that we're trying to encourage our customers as well to do around the world to embrace inclusivity, diversity, inclusion and belonging. And we often talk about diversity, but I would argue that belonging is even more important. Our brains are hardwired to belong. There's a whole load of research that shows it's the same neural networks that look after your primary needs as your social needs and a sense of belonging, a sense of community is a, even a more powerful motivator than money. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have you always felt like you belonged? As a, as a, as a gay man in business, have you felt like you belonged there? Oh, no. Absolutely, absolutely not. You know, I grew up in sort of the 80s and 90s Thatcher era of Section 28 in the UK, which prohibited the reference of homosexuality in schools. And when I grew up, there were no LGBT plus role models in business. They just didn't exist. I mean, the newspapers at the time were trying to out celebrities and politicians and business leaders. And most of the headlines that I saw at the time were either negative or referenced HIV and AIDS as the gay plague. And so when you're brought up in that environment, you certainly don't feel a sense of belonging. I finally came out at the age of 22 to family and friends, but like about 70% of recent graduates, I went back into the closet at work because I felt that at the time, I dropped out of university, I was gay, and I felt like these would be problematic in the workplace. And it was pretty amazing because a couple of years later, you know, I changed jobs and I came out in the workplace and I suddenly experienced all of these benefits that I hadn't previously anticipated. I built more confidence, I built more trusting relationships with colleagues, with clients. I think I became a more 
empathetic leader. It's certainly for others to judge, but that was my sense. And most importantly, it just made work a hell of a lot more fun. And I am therefore a great believer in, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And we need more openly out LGBT plus role models in business. And frankly, it's not just about the LGBT community. There was some data that came out of it that showed less than 3% of FTSE 250 CEOs are black. And uh, I believe less than 4% are women. So we've, there's a lot of, we all recognize that diversity is good for business. There's a lot of progress that still needs to take place. You said something I thought was extraordinary there. You said 70% of recent graduates who are from the LGBT plus community, I guess, hide that from their employers now in this day and age? Yeah. Why? Certainly things are improving, but you need to keep in mind that we also live in a country where there's great legislation or mostly great legislation around gender and sexuality. Whereas it's still illegal to be gay in 63 plus countries around the world. There's a just under 10 that still have the death penalty. And there are communities around the world that still greatly oppress the LGBT plus community. And therefore, it's pretty understandable that even if you may be out to your friends and family, you may be a little hesitant to come out in the workplace. I think that's, a, I just think that's absolutely incredible for, for, for a modern age to be in that position. And I guess that's probably why it's so important for you, the LinkedIn represents diversity not but not just represents diversity within the company but pushes it and promotes it across the entire community then indeed and increasingly it's becoming important for individuals when they're choosing their employer we've seen unprecedented change in the labor market over the last few years notably as a result of the the pandemic and what is important for younger generations when they're looking for jobs today has changed Certainly, financial stability is really important, but increasingly people are thinking about hybrid and flexibility. They're thinking about diversity, inclusion and belonging. They're thinking about a company's contribution when it comes to and commitment to environmental sustainability. Increasingly, people are wanting to work for companies at this intersection of those that are doing well and doing good. And so I do believe that in the same way Flexible work, hybrid work is a survival issue for many companies. Diversity, inclusion and belonging over the next decade will be as well. That was Josh Graff from LinkedIn. How to be a CEO is back first thing every Monday morning. Start your week with us. And between episodes, head to standard.co.uk forward slash business for the latest news, interviews and analysis. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We'll pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. I'll see you Monday. 